What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we're Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? It's going all right, Graham. I'm waiting on some angel investors to uh, want to get in on this Atlanta's own action at this point, so we can get a uh, an actual podcast studio that doesn't have pets wandering all over the place. That's fair, and uh, maybe we'll charge some money for each episode. What do you What do you think? You think people think we're good enough to do that? Are we good enough to be assholes? I don't, considering I just was on some guy's side who was yelling at Dave O'Brien about charging for his podcast. Yeah, it's kind of an American. It's a podcast, for Christ's sake. Yeah, it's, it's the beauty of it. Sure. You put out content, and you know you sell ads down the road if you're any good. Right. Or you just let the people have what the people want. Yeah, um, and they definitely want pets wandering around in the background of your, your podcast. It makes for a pleasant wholesome listening experience let's the people know that you're a uh, you know you're you got some humanism in you some sensitivity right we're not professionals we're just two guys that like to discuss Atlanta professional sports am I wrong you are not and that is what we probably always will be on that note let's talk about uh the Braves Adam we're 38 and 29 tied for first place in, in the NL East with the Phillies uh, I've been absolutely slaughtering the baseball. Uh, winners of five in a row. Ten home runs in the last two games against the Pirates. Well, that's a meaningless stat. But impressive nonetheless. Meaningless how? I don't know. I, like, the Phillies and Diamondbacks hit, like, 17 home runs in one game the other day. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but... Right. Bottom line, the ball's juiced, Graham. Bottom line is we're winning baseball games at we, the end of the day. Regardless of how we're doing it, we're doing it uh, with the offense at the moment. Yeah, it's things are looking pretty damn good when you got Ozzy Albies as your number eight hitter. Hitting three home runs in his last two games. Yeah. Uh, Mac hit two home runs last night. Absolutely slaughtered that last one into deep right field. I love uh, Frank Kors' call for a BMAC home run. I know you don't listen to the no, very announcers, rarely. but it's a... Uh, and it's a big jack from BMAC. But yeah, they're playing well, Junior. It's Everything ever since we announced the big Dallas Keikel signing. Kukel? Keikel. Keikel. <laughs> Keikel. Yeah, Dallas Keikel was signed last week. Funny enough, a lot of shit happened in Atlanta Sports right after we uh, recorded our last episode. So last episode was woefully out of date. But yes. Dallas Keuchel was signed, and you kind of need that when you got two pitchers, two of your starting pitchers uh, have an ERA over six at the moment. So, Yeah, I mean, Gossman's been unpitchable, though. Yeah, he's been god-awful. At least even though Fulte has been struggling, at least he's battling the game last night. I wasn't too impressed, but I was impressed the game last week against the Pirates when he gives up uh, you know, a, bunch of run, a bunch of runs early on, a bunch of hits. Uh, I think he had like three runs in the first inning or something like that, and then he settled down to go give up a run after that. So, you know, he's showing you something. Gosman is showing you nothing, absolutely nothing right now. He has zero value to you as a starting pitcher, and you can no longer tolerate his struggles, and I think that's the reason why somehow, by the grace of God, uh, or by the, by the grace of Liberty Media, we were granted enough money to go sign Dallas Keuchel. I don't think, for those of you out there who are somewhat familiar with his work or are familiar with his work, I don't think we're going to be getting – you know, Keichel from uh, 2015 winning the Cy Young Awards, but I, hopefully we are getting a solid enough pitcher to come in and really bolster this rotation. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at him as maybe a number two pitcher for us right now. Number two or three? I'd say three after Freed. 
But I think it's also important to do this because Freed and Soroka were riding these rookies really hard. And for good reason. They're doing very well, particularly Soroka. But they haven't, neither, neither one of them have pitched that many innings before and um, in a season. You know, they haven't gone a full MLB season before where they're out there pitching every day. We know about the, uh, you know, the arm issues that Soroka's had before. And, you know, they're probably going to hit some, some damn walls at some point. You know, we've seen that a little bit with Freed recently where he hasn't been as lights out as he was early on in April and early May. So um, you're going to need some veteran guys to step up here. And hopefully this Keiko signing can be worthwhile because I think we're going to need someone like him to really step up when the rookies potentially falter in the future. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who started game one of the World Series just <clears throat> two years ago. So, I mean, that's just all types of experience that we don't have. We have Fulty, I think, is the only guy who's started a postseason game period. Tehran has as well. Tehran, yeah. In 2013. Yeah, a while ago. Right. Yeah, and considering the you know, the amount of experience compared to what we had to what we have now with Keiko is, is, is really big. And I think, you know, he's also going to be, and once again, there's no way to quantify uh, experience and leadership, but I think he's going to provide a lot of that for um, for the team. And, and there's a, a good article written where everybody was being interviewed about what they think about Keuchel. Fulte was talking about him because he was in the Astros organization before he came over to the Braves saying he was a huge mentor to him, great guy, great pitcher, um, really important in terms of showing him how to, how to pitch um, the right way. And Soroka and Freed are, are hyped up. McCann says he's you know, and McCann's probably the best person to talk to about Fulte considering his experience, uh, not Fulte, excuse me, uh, Keiko considering his experience and his experience with Keiko catching him uh, in, in the World Series. And, uh, you know, he had nothing but great things to say about him. So, yeah, you got to think there's a lot of value there because, like, right now on this staff, the most veteran guy is Julio, and it's not like he's a world beater. No, not at all. Uh, although this year, last seven starts anyways, he is. Um, but still not that same veteran voice that these young guys can look up to and respect and learn a lot from. Hopefully Fulte can learn how to control himself on the mound a little bit He's more. He's still getting pissy. And I'm yeah. like, dude. I think that's just who he is. I guess, but you got to figure out a way to adapt and, and get out of that because then you start getting in your head too much. And this is coming from a, a freaking head case guy. You know, if you let your emotions control you to the point where you're not effective, then what, what use are you? What good are you? You're, you're, you're nothing. Granted, you haven't exactly had to perform on anything close to the stage that Fulte has to perform on. No, I've been in stressful scenarios before on, in high leverage situations. Um, and I am a very emotional guy and I can overreact to things, but I have learned that when I do that, I become a jackass and I'm not effective at what I'm trying to do. And it only gets worse. If something's going wrong and you start acting like an idiot, uh, it's only going to get worse from there. You screaming, stomping your foot and being, you know, behaving like a child is, is not going to improve your situation at all. doesn't matter if you're pitching in Major League Baseball or making a movie or, I don't know, sitting in traffic. What, what good is it going to do you? <laughs> <laughs> you do know a lot about traffic. Yes. I'll, I'll give you that much. Um, yeah, I mean, and we've been talking about that with him for a couple of years, years. now. I mean, you look at Soroka, who's five years, four or five years his junior, he's cool as a damn cucumber. You don't know if he's getting his ass kicked or if he's kicking ass. Um, and that just goes to a mental makeup thing. And, yeah, I don't know. I think you're probably right. At this point, Fulte is who Fulte is. But it's frustrating that uh, he still hasn't been able to get things in gear. And I still think well, he still lacks his slider. He goes as his slider goes. Because, yeah, he can throw the shit out of his fastball when he's not throwing the shit out of his slider. You know, he, he's not. He's, he's a pretty mediocre pitcher at best. 
But still a guy you stick with. I don't want them to put him in the bullpen or... I mean, I don't see a better option than Fulte no. right now. No, there's, there's you, no better option. You know option. what he can be if he gets it going again. Yeah, there's no better which, option. Which I think he will this year. Yeah, and I, you know, you also got to think about those damn bone spurs in his elbow. He still has that. It's not like that's been cleaned up or anything. So that could, you know, that could be bothering him too. <laughs> I did not know he had bone spurs in his elbow. Yeah. That's one reason why it took him so long, damn long to get into the, the rotation. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the offseason. So um, I'd like to run uh, through some stats for you, Adam. I'm going to give you two pitchers. Sort of like how you did with me a few weeks ago, where you gave me some some numbers of some guys, and then you had to guess who was who. Okay. Uh, pitcher number one. So we're going to look at the last three years of uh, these pitchers, 2016 through 2018, on average. Okay. So guy one, uh, ERA 3.77, 53 home runs given up, 250 batting average against, 3.78 fielding independent pitching, which is an algorithm that uh, basically – Calculates everything a pitcher can control. So hitting a guy, walking a guy, striking out people, giving up home runs. So what does 3.78 mean? So that means it's okay. It's like having a 4-ish ERA. You might as well just skip that one. Okay. Uh, 1.23 walks and hits per innings pitched. 2.4 war. Over three years? Over three years. And on average. So he's had more war, but if you calculate his war over three years, it averages out to 2.4 per year. Uh, 51 walks per year on average, and 140.6 strikeouts per year. All right. Guy two, ERA 3.88, 79 home runs. So a lot more home runs given up than the last guy. 227 bad average against, though. So better bad average against. 4.49 FIP, which is god-awful. 1.19 whip, which is a little better than the last guy. 2.7 war, so a little better than the than the last guy overall if you consider his complete value according to the sabermetricians. 65 walks per year, worse. 160 strikeouts per year, better. Who are these two pitchers? Guy one, Julio Tehran. Guy two, Dallas Keuchel. Guy one is Dallas Keuchel. Guy two is Julio Tehran. Okay. So pretty similar. I mean, you have, um, you know, ERA is a little different for for Dallas. He also has a hell of a lot less walks per year. Uh, Hasn't given up nearly as many home runs. But um, war is almost identical. So you're kind of getting um, a similar pitcher to what Julio Tehran's been, give or take a few you know, didn't bigger have, discrepancies didn't, in a couple of Yeah, I was going to say, didn't Dallas have one year that was still really good and another year that was just way off? Yeah, he did. Yeah, like he hasn't been as consistent, like yeah. mediocre as Julio. But um, Julio also had a great 2016. I mean, not, maybe not great, but a very solid one. They're very similar. They both had one really good year in that three-year stretch and then two uh, years where they weren't as good. So. I mean, if you think about it, all we need right now is, I mean, if Julio and Keiko can be those same pitchers mm. with our offense, that's all we need. We need some guys that are going to eat up innings, keep us in ball games, and and help the bullpen as well. Yeah, yeah, we need Julio to go a few more innings than he's been going. Yeah, I was impressed with. Um, granted, he was playing against single A guys, but Keiko's uh, rehab start in Rome. Yeah, uh, he gets out and hasn't thrown competitively. Um, well, he's been throwing simulated games apparently since April or something. But not in a days. game. But not in a game, you're right. And you got to think, like, going to a single-A game, I mean, that's kind of like a lose-lose situation. Yeah. Because, like, if you get hit, it's like, oh, good Lord. It's a major leaguer going against single-A guys. But if you do well, as he did, no one really cares. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, that's what he's supposed to do. But he went seven innings and 77 pitches. What, nine gave, Ks? Uh, yeah, and yeah. just one hit. Yeah. 
I mean, that's good. I mean, also it is single leg guys, but you're, yeah, you're right. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Either way, people are going to scrutinize your, your performance. But it was encouraging to see that didn't look like he had any rust. Right. Like he was locked in and that the pitching of single leg games has helped because we're kind of in uncharted territory here in terms of, uh, you know, a guy starting the season this late that wasn't injured. You know, it's very, very strange uh, how this whole contract situation worked out for both him and, and Craig Kimbrell. So, uh We'll see what happens. I think he's going to do one more rehab start. His contract stipulates he needs to be called up by June 18th. So we're going to see him very soon, as soon as maybe next week. They said they might do, uh, you know, if there are weather issues, it might get pushed back a little bit. But that's the only reason that his, his call up to the majors will be pushed back. So might see him pitch another uh, another game this weekend and then yeah, be ready to. He's supposed to be in Mississippi this weekend. Yeah, and then be ready to rock and roll uh, next week. So. Um, what do you think about, I mean, obviously Gossman getting bumped out of the rotation. Well, he got placed on the D- IL. Yeah. Sorry. For plantar uh, fasciitis. Oh, oh, that's, yes, the right. I thought you meant like that was somebody's name. I was like, Jesus, God, the hell is that guy from? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I know the, the, the issue there. But the way you're saying it is like he was placed on IL for. No, plantar fasciitis. Yes, was not called up. Unfortunately. We could maybe from, use from him. From Gwinnett. Yeah. Uh, uh, Minter was called up, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, before we move on to that. Yeah. <clears throat> like, so you can just make up injuries now and put guys on the IL people, if they're not doing well? People have been doing that for years. This is not unprecedented. I mean, this is just blatant, though. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's like, oh, very convenient. He's that, had uh, three god-awful starts. Right. And, oh, now he's hurt. And then instead of, like, sending him to the bullpen or... I'm guessing... He, He's out of options to go to AAA. I'm like, oh, no, your, your foot hurts, right. Kevin. Yeah, you got plantar foot fasciitis. Hurts. Yeah, he's, it's like written on his hand when right. he goes to the press conference. Yeah. So what, what do you got? I have plantar fascist. I mean, fasciitis. <laughs> um, but Sean Newcomb's getting a spot start on Saturday after coming in and doing amazing work he's, against the he's, Pirates. He's after. damn earned it. He has, but I, I love him in the bullpen right now, though. Like, we we have a bigger need for him in the bullpen. I don't think this is a moment either where it's going to be like, oh, Newcomb, even if he pitches well on Saturday, I don't think you're going to see him in the rotation yet because I agree. The need is too large in the bullpen, and who's going to f- fulfill that need? And he's been lights out, 21 strikeouts, and only two walks since, since being called back up from the minor leagues. Yeah, he, looks, he looks like a different pitcher. Yeah, he looks like a completely new He's man. attacking the zone. Yeah, I mean. He's confident. We've been seeing it for weeks now. And then when he actually had to pitch, you know, when he had to carry the, the, the when he had to carry the team on his back, he stepped up and did it. And he threw multiple, not just, you know, an inning or two, four, I think four and two thirds or something like that of excellent baseball. Um, He's, he's earned the spot start, and I hope he does go back to the bullpen, even though I know that might seem a little counterintuitive to hope, you know, wish that on somebody. But he is too valuable not to go back there right now. And a rotation, if Keiko is right, is okay if, if Fulte can get his stuff together. But I think Fulte, you know, if we're having this conversation about Fulte in July, you know, then, then you got to maybe reconsider that if, if, if Newcomb's still pitching lights out. Because Fulte could be a guy who slots into the bullpen if he can come in and just throw lights out for an inning or two, but uh, I agree with you. Right now, I think even if he does well, you got to see him in the bullpen still. Well, and maybe part of the reason he's starting this weekend is because we are playing the Phillies. Like, you don't want to throw, like, bring 
I mean, Gosman, he's unplayable right now. But no. you, don't, you don't want to bring up Bryce Wilson for a spot start. No. Or Kyle Wright against the Phillies. We don't we, want to be we, doing we, that. We've seen it'd how be that. The same, it'd be the same thing as the beginning of the year. Yeah. So that's why it's Newcomb. Right. It makes sense. Um, I don't know how stretched out he is to go more than like five or so, but we'll, we'll see. Mm. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to watch that. And overall, though, man, the team has just been putting on an offensive display in this Pirates series and uh, good sweep over the Marlins uh, over the weekend, even though Luke Jackson blew a save. Um, hell of a comeback on, on, what was that, Sunday. Down 5-1, one out in the ninth inning, come back and win that game, even though it was against the Marlins. Yeah, that was pretty shocking. I was driving to some event. I was working uh, for my actual job. And it was 5-1 in the ninth. I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to turn this off and mm-hmm. check the phone two hours later and saw that comeback and was beyond shocked. Yeah. But I don't know why I would be shocked. We'll keep doing this it. This team does it. This is like the third or fourth time this year they've they've been down in the eighth or ninth inning and come back and win a game. So Ronald Acuna to the Marlins is what Chipper Jones was to the Mets. Oh, my God. He just kills them. He kills them. Um, or what Matty Dot or what Matt Diaz was to the Marlins. Right. Yeah. Huge home that. run against uh, against his rival Urania, and uh, he's been heating up again, which has been great to see. He hit a grand slam a couple nights ago, getting a couple more base hits last night. Uh, you gotta like what you're seeing there out of, out of Bat- Ronald Acuna. Batting three seventeen in June with four home runs already. In yeah, ten games. Had it went through a little slump, but now he's hot. Ozzy's hot again, big time, which is good to see. Yeah, uh, Dansby continues to swing a great stick. Freddie. Consistent as all get out. Markakis, after that day off Sunday, he's had a great week so far. Yeah, I was starting to get really concerned about him because, you know, any semblance of power was gone, uh, making a lot of easy outs, a lot of weak contact. But, uh, yeah, ever since he's gotten that day off, he's just been tearing the cover off the ball. Had a four-hit game the other night, a homer. Um, More hits yesterday. Hit tonight, I think. Yep, RBI single tonight RBI single tonight. And, uh, yeah, he's looking better again. And, you know, the, the Pirates staff, in fairness, has been a little bit of a wreck recently, but you got to like what you're seeing out of the offense right now. And they're doing a, a, a really fine job. <clears throat> Big series against the Phillies this weekend, Adam. What do you think? Um, what should our expectations be? Uh, either way, if it goes south or if we, you know, win the series. So who do we got pitching? I'm assuming Julio. Is it Freed, Julio, Newcomb? So it's actually Newcomb, Freed, and Fulte. So Newcomb faces off against Pavetta, who's been awful. Freed faces off against Nola. Uh, Pavetta, Pavetta's been really good his last two starts. Has through, he threw a complete game his last okay, time Okay, so out. maybe he's getting shit, his shit together yeah. early in the year. He was pretty bad. Nola has struggled all season. And then Fulte has taken on uh, TBD. We do not know who's pitching the Sunday game at 120. So I would say the odds are in our favor from a pitching standpoint. So you've got to feel good about Newcomb concerning what he's been doing. Freed is freed, even though he's looked a little spotty recently. He's still done a good job. And hopefully at that point win those first two games and then you don't have to worry as much about the Fulton game. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's one series. Obviously, two out of three would be amazing. One out of three is not going to kill you. Just don't get swept again. But I don't, I don't see that happening with the way we're playing right now. Yeah, we're picking a good time to get hot um, as this division race is heating up. And uh, this is the time the team really needs to, to come together. It looks like that's what's happening. Expect a lot of home runs this series. Yeah, but especially considering what the Phillies have been doing recently. Um, it, 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 there will probably be a couple of shootouts. So, 
uh, you'll be happy to know I just bought tickets to go see the Braves in Philadelphia at the end of July. I felt a little weird to be buying tickets in that ballpark. Yes. I was going to buy them on like that. They have like some club level that's like the 755 club or whatever they have now at mm-hmm. SunTrust. But I was like, no, I got to be out with the people. I can't think you're going to be a club man. I, well, I was about to. Or not SunTrust, but Citizens Bank. At Citizens Bank, yeah. yeah. Are you afraid you're going to get your ass beat by some Philly fans or something? Is that why you want to be a rich elite liberal? I don't think you... Did you listen to what I just said? I was said I was going to, but then said, no, I have to be down with the people. Yeah, but why were you going to? Oh, the ticket. It was a good deal. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were just afraid of getting your ass beat. No. Oh, okay. No. No. <laughs> so we're going to be down the first baseline. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Um, that should be fun. Yeah, that'll be a blast. But yeah, big weekend here in Atlanta, though. Got to take care of business here first. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel the same way, but I'm, I'm not going to get too high or too low because I think keeping an even keel right now, especially considering it's June, is is important, even though this is an important series because especially with the, the team you're facing in the division that has the most likely chance of challenging you for the division is who you're playing, and that's really where you make these games up uh, because you control your destiny here. Uh, we still have to play them, I think, in four or five more series, so I'm not going to freak out even if we get swept. But um, it is a it is probably one of the more important series of the year so far in terms of establishing uh, potentially where this division could go because you can make a series statement when you win this game, this series. It's not like the series, uh, the the season is decided by this or any, or any by any stretch of the imagination. But I think it is important to come down and show that. Hey, it ain't the beginning of the season anymore. It's a different ball club. Yeah, think of how different a team now we were. We had <clears throat> at the beginning of the year we had Kyle Wrights and Bryce Wilson starting. Yeah, Ender Inciarte was our leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have Austin Riley. Nope. Um, Luke Jackson was just a meaningless uh, last option in the bullpen. Yeah, he was the uh, <coughs> he was the the scapegoat of the entire team that weekend. And now he's our most reliable uh, reliever. It's amazing how things can change in a month. Yeah. Or two. Three. Or three. Uh, where, so SunTrust Park's apparently getting a new name, Adam. Can you uh, can you fill us in a little bit about the, the genesis of this, why this is happening, and what it is? A few months ago, it was announced that SunTrust Bank and BB&T Bank were merging. To become? Well, they didn't know at the time. Ooh. But you knew that they weren't going to keep... Either of those two names. So yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, when First Union and Wachovia combined to make Wachovia. And there was that pause in the commercial and you were wondering what the hell the name was going to be. And then you're like, oh, they're not combining. Uh, Wachovia is just buying out First Union. Right. Which maybe would have been a better option. And, and that didn't really mean as much to us because we didn't, the Braves didn't play at Wachovia Stadium or First, First Union. Union Park. Right. Uh but as you know, the Braves currently play at SunTrust Park. Indeed. And SunTrust and BB&T are combining to form Truist Bank. Ooh, that actually is a combination. How? Well, trust and... Well, maybe not a combination. Well, maybe it's still a buyout. Op- I guess there's a T. I thought it meant <laughs> when you said that, it made me think, well, because it's not retaining the name of... Uh, they are combining, but it's a stupid name they came up with. That's the point. Okay, so it's not a buyout. I don't care about the logistics of the merger. It's important to know these things. It's some sort of merger. Okay. Two companies are merging together to become a different company. 
All right. That doesn't matter for this podcast. What matters is, <laughs> is SunTrust Park. This isn't a economics or business class, Graham. Thank God. <laughs> um, but Truist, T-R-U-I-S-T is the name of this new bank. Say it, T-R-U-I-S-T? T-R-U-I-S-T. What is this, some freaking liberal way of spelling, uh, I don't even know, trust? I don't know, but... That's what it sounds like. It sounds like like Doggo or Doge or or Floofer and all that this BS that they call dogs. Instead of saying true, we're going to, or the truest thing, you know, the truest person in the room is going to be truest with an I. Maybe that's what they're that's getting at. Freaking ridiculous. And not even, ah, where the hell do dogs come into this? I'm just thinking of how people have bastardized the English language into this weird BS of calling things, misspelling things, or putting letters in weird places just to make it sound alternative. It doesn't make any freaking sense to me. It's sure. very frustrating. And that's probably what they're doing here. I refuse to do any banking with Truist. <laughs> we got to think how many like consultants they brought on board to this and focus groups and just like how much money they spent to come up with this name and this is what they come up with. It's kind of pathetic. And now, I mean, are they going to name the ballpark Truist Bank Park? I guess. Like how far? Or Truist Park. How far we've gone from Atlanta Fulton County Stadium? Yeah, which was nice because it was like the city being represented. It was Ted Turner. Turner Field, which was great because it was, you know, honoring Ted Turner, the man who helped bring you a championship. And now, and then it went to SunTrust Park, which was like, damn, we're getting to the corporate world. And now, truest. So let's hope that they go with one of the Hank Aaron Field at Truist Park or something like that. That would be nice. But the well, Hank Aaron Field field is featured. Yes. Won't happen, but it would be nice. Chipper Jones Stadium. The chip. The chip. That'd be pretty great. Brought to you by Truist Bank. That's okay. And especially if it was like a huge, you know, letters outside the state in Chipper Jones Stadium or Chipper Jones Park. And then in smaller letters brought to you by Truist Bank. As and, opposed to, you know, it's going to be, it would be the other way around. And but, uh, well, maybe the logo for that one is just uh, Chipper on his ATV with, with Freddie on the back. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. But yeah, Truist Park. So we got, we got. I'm sure there'll be an announcement from the Braves, and I'm sure it'll happen a month tomor- or two. I'm sure it'll happen tomorrow, and we'll have uh, put out an out of date podcast again. That's what we do, Graham. Yeah. So uh, I don't think there's anything else to really cover on the Braves. You want to talk about the big Hawks news that happened last week that we also missed? Oh yeah, forgot about that. Oh, you want me to talk about it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the Hawks made a trade. They traded. Torian Prince, and I believe a second round pick to the Nets for Alan Crabb. Am I get that name right, Dan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, I don't know anything about Alan Crabb. He's just some guy with an extremely bloated expiring right. contract. We're just taking on some money. So that's the biggest thing there. Uh, but then we also get the 17th overall pick in this upcoming draft next week, which now leaves us with. Six picks overall, including three first-rounders. Um, I think that's awesome. I think that, that, that tells me a lot about um, what Schlenk is thinking. He's already said we're not going to you know, use all these picks on rookies, so I think he's gearing up to make an even bigger trade. I think that's what this is coming down to. I mean, you think a trade to move up in the draft or yeah. trade for a player, like a, Either. a veteran? Or? I, I, think, I think 
I think maybe the veteran thing could happen. I think it also could be a, a trade-up in the draft if they really like somebody that they think is going to go before they can get there. I think it can go either way, but I think regardless of what happens, the possibilities are very exciting because Schlenk is proving to be a, uh, a fantastic um, – it's like a wizard in his ability to find players and now in his ability to compile draft picks. Not every team has this many draft picks going into the, the NBA draft. I just wish it were a different draft that we had all these picks in. This isn't a very deep draft after the first couple players. I mean, there's talent out there, and I believe we can still find good players. I'd imagine we – I would think we still use a couple of these picks, but I don't I don't know. Right. Um, but it's going to make for an exciting week. For sure. And I think that's – next week is, is the next, NBA draft. Next Thursday. So that will be very exciting. It's right around the corner. Uh, one guy who's getting a lot of press that I want to talk about uh, that I have some experience watching as a Tar Heels fan is uh, Nasir Little, who's getting a lot of a lot of press um, from people saying that, man, the Hawks would be uh, – this would be a great fit for the Hawks. He even said I would be a great fit for the Hawks. And I like Nasir a lot. He's a freshman. It was a freshman. He was mostly a bench player. So, um, so he's Marvin Williams. That's what he screams to me. <laughs> a lot of potential. He had the ability to really take over a game – more so than than Marvin did when I watched Marvin. But he was kind of like that Marvin Williams role. He was incredibly explosive. Like, he could come out and just and play like shit, or he could come out and just take over a game entirely. I mean, there was this one uh, in the, the second-round game against Washington this year. I mean, he came in, and he hadn't done much. And then in the blink of an eye, in about two minutes, he scores 10 points and just takes over the game, really helped put the game away. And... He's a fantastic talent, but I think he needed a lot more seasoning. And he's a guy I would like to stay away from. He only averaged nine points. Oh, you would like to stay away from him? I like him. to stay away from him. Uh, he only averaged nine points and four and a half rebounds um, last season. And he screams to me, classic bust. Left too early. Could have been a great player, but left too early. I think this is a, a big could be a big-time bust player. I've, but, I watched the team all year. He was he's not ready for the NBA. But when, when like is he a guy you take at seventeen or eight? Is it like is he gone at eight? Like how's that? I think he's going to be the a biggest top. thing was Mar- with Marvin is we took him at two over Chris Paul. That's yeah. why Marvin's considered a bust, right? And but I don't think but Marvin still overall had a productive career, right? And you you would feel a lot differently about him if we drafted him at seventeen instead of two. Yes, because the expectations wouldn't be as high. So it probably maybe it's a little unfair to use the Marvin Williams comparison, but. He, he is a guy that I think will flame out of the league in three years because I don't think he has the discipline and I don't think he um, is, is ready for it, honestly. He should go back to college for at least one more season. That sounds like an outlandish take, Graham. Three years? Yeah, three to five years I think he'll be out of the league. Five years is different than three years. Regardless, I don't think he's going to have a very productive NBA career because I think he really needed some more seasoning in college. And he has all the potential in the world, but I think he need, needed more tutelage to, to reach those heights. Hopefully I'm wrong because I like Nasir a lot, but that's just me thinking this is a guy I want to stay away from in the draft. Well, what do you think about uh, trading Torian? Yeah, I'm fine with trading Torian. He'd sort of morphed into a role player. Uh, he'd sort of been usurped by, by Kevin Herter in terms of his place in the, in the rotation, in terms of getting more minutes than him by the end of the season. So... I'm fine with it. I thought Torian has a, I still think he has a lot of potential, but I think in terms of where we're headed as a, a team, he is not necessary to our to our growth. Losing him doesn't mean that much, and we have the potential to get better and make the roster deeper with acquiring that draft pick or using that draft pick to to 
of to try and trade for some absolute beast out there, maybe. I don't know. Oh, and something I left out was that we also got the Nets first round pick next year. Right. Lottery protected. Lottery protected, but, which the Nets are probably gonna be a playoff team, so that's not an issue. Right. So to get two first round picks for Torian is unbelievable. Yeah, because the Nets are definitely gearing up to go after some max uh, contract players. They have, have a shit ton of cap space. So they're trying to do everything they can. The whole crab deal was to try to put them in a better position to get one of those get one or two max contract players. So we just got to see what the Schlenk does this week. Yeah. I am uh, have high expectations, and I also think he's going to do something to subvert those expectations at the same time. He's going to do something that we're not going to be able to predict, and it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I have full faith in this guy. He's, he's the one GM in town. All, all trust, confidence, and faith is, 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 store, is intact with him in my mind. He's not let me down. And even if he does do something that may be ill-advised uh, or something that doesn't work, his track record is so good that I know he's going to make the right decision more often than he's going to make the wrong decision. He's proven enough at this point. You trust in the schlank? Yeah, 100%. Well, Adam, I think that wraps up uh, today's episode of Atlanta Zone. So we'll keep an eye out on the NBA draft next week. Maybe we'll do an uh, instant drunk reaction like we like to do with the uh, NFL draft and the lottery. So we'll see what happens there. And um, watch that big Philly series this weekend with the Braves. So until next time, folks, thanks for listening. Rise up, chop on. Stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.